Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We have a really important development to talk about with respect to the National Labor Relations Act. Now, here's the deal. Remember that the National Labor Relations Act, or the NLRA, is a federal law that provides employees the right to unionize. And it also imposes a lot of restrictions on employers in terms of taking actions or enforcing policies that might somehow inhibit or restrict an employee's ability to unionize, or once it's a union workforce, to participate with the union. So the key thing about the NLRA is that it doesn't only apply to union workforces. So some of you may have started listening to the the, uh, podcast this morning and thought, well, gosh, I don't have a union. I guess I can skip this one. No, don't skip it. Because one of the things that's really important about the NLRA is that it applies to non-union workforces because Section 7 of the NLRA says, listen, employees have a right to engage in, in concerted activity, right, protected activity. One of the things that is an important tenant of Section 7 is you get to complain about the workplace. You get to complain about your wages, you get to complain about your boss, you get to do all kinds of things. And for years and years, we've heard, of course, about folks who complain about leadership, complain about the organizations they work for, and it's protected speech, right? The thing that I think a lot of us misunderstand is it's not First Amendment protected speech. It's protected under the NLRA. So, as you may know, the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, enforces the NLRA. Okay, have we had enough mnemonics here this morning? So the board, the NLRB, is political in nature. That's a five-person board. They sit in D.C. They have three members of the majority political party and two members of the minority political party. So why does that matter? Well, when the president's party changes, the composition of the board changes and their decisions change. And you see a lot of flip-flopping back and forth because of this political reality. Well, what we saw just recently um, at the end of February was a decision that the National Labor Relations Board issued under Section 7, all right? And what they were looking at were confidentiality provisions and non-disparagement provisions in agreements, okay? So, for example, a separation agreement. Somebody's laid off, they're given a severance agreement. So this decision is called McLaren-McComb. It is a National Labor Relations Board decision. It's, the citation is 372 NLRB number 58. And actually, both Section 7 of the NLRA and Section 8A1 of the NLRA were considered by the board. All right, so here's what happened. The employer had some severance agreements. And those agreements contained provisions saying, listen, you cannot disparage us as the employer. You cannot harm our image or our reputation. And you also cannot disclose the terms of our agreement. So 
Remember, when you give someone a separation package or a severance agreement, you're saying, as the employer, I'm going to give you money or some other benefit. I'm going to give you a good reference. I'm going to not collect this debt that you owe. And in exchange, you're going to have to do something for me. That is called consideration. So remember, basic principles of contract formation. Do you have an offer? Do you have acceptance? Do you have consideration? All right. So I have to agree as the employer to do something for you, and you have to agree as the employee to do something for me. So confidentiality and non-disparagement provisions are very, very common in these kinds of agreements. Now, in California, we've had a number of restrictions placed on employers by the legislature in terms of what you can put in those agreements regarding confidentiality. For example, after the hashtag MeToo movement, you couldn't and you can't include provisions saying you can't talk about a sexual harassment claim or um, you can't report any misconduct to an agency, for example, like the California Civil Rights Department or the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And these are standard provisions. These are provisions that everybody wants. In fact, I just had a client last week who was letting go of a senior manager and said, listen, we want a non-disparagement. And I said, well, there are problems with non-disparagement agreements, right? Even before this NLRA decision, because when you say to an employee, don't say something bad about us, how are you going to enforce it? It's meant to be prophylactic, right? It's meant to be a sort of thought that the employee has before they speak out, uh-oh, this might violate my agreement. I just wanted to move on. The employer just wanted to move on. I'm just not going to say anything. Now, in California, there's also a labor code provision that says you can't knowingly give an employee an invalid or unlawful agreement to sign. If you do that, the whole agreement is going to be tossed out and you're in trouble as the employer. So you can't go too far in California by including language that is unlawful, right? So you can't say, yeah, yeah, I know it's illegal to say they can't go to the Civil Rights Department, but why don't I just put it in there to discourage them? That's illegal and that's going to make the whole agreement void. Okay, so let me talk to you about what the National Labor Relations Board did. They said these provisions, the non-disparagement provision, and the confidentiality provision were unlawful, okay? Why were they unlawful? Well, under the National Labor Relations Act, okay, the board said, look, you have to refrain employer from doing anything that would discourage an employee from speaking out about a work condition, right? From engaging in either protected activity individually or protected concerted activity as a group. Now, the board said clear as a bell, it doesn't work. You can't have a confidentiality provision, at least without some carve outs, and you can't have a non-disparagement provision. Now, what I want you to think about is to which employees does the National Labor Relations Act apply? Only those employees who could enter into a union. So management employees, for example, are not covered. So if you have a management employee, you can include a non-disparagement provision subject to the other requirements of California law. 
and a confidentiality provision, again, subject to other requirements of California law. Now, you might think that's obvious who's a manager and who isn't, but this is a big point of debate under the Act. Who qualifies as a, quote, supervisor, that is a leader, a manager? And that definition really hinges on a number of factors, including, for example, does that employee have the authority to hire, fire, discipline, or at least make recommendations for those actions? Do they responsibly direct the work of other employees? And it's not always easy, particularly if you're in a union election, for example, to decide who's going to be covered um, by Section 7, right? Who is a, quote, supervisor and who is not? Now, one of the things to think about is that this particular board, they essentially overturned a 2020 decision, okay, which of course was during the Trump administration, saying that confidentiality and non-disparagement provisions in separation agreements or severance agreements were okay, so long as the reason you were terminating the person or the reason the person was leaving wasn't because of something protected under the act. So in other words, you're doing a layoff because you have a reduction in business you could include a confidentiality and non-disparagement provision because that doesn't have anything to do with what their rights are under the National Labor Relations Act. What the board said in the McLaren-McComb decision was, listen, we don't like the methodology of that 2020 decision. We're gonna take the position that a severance agreement is unlawful if its terms are central to conduct that the employee has the right to engage in. In other words, if you're going to tell an employee they have to keep the terms of a settlement agreement confidential, you're infringing on their rights. If you're telling an employee they can't disparage the employer, they can't say anything negative about the employer, you're infringing on their rights. Obviously, this is a huge change from the 2020 decision. And it's important to understand that going forward, even if you are a non-union employer, you should not be including confidentiality or non-disparagement provisions in a separation agreement or severance agreement, for example, without considering ramifications. Now, look, not every workplace is going to be subject to what's called an unfair labor practices charge, a ULP, okay? And what that means is somebody says, look, I think you're infringing on my rights to unionize or engage in protected concerted activity. So I'm going to file a complaint with the National Labor Relations Board. And that's going to be a ULP, an unfair labor practice charge. All right. Some industries are more subject to those kinds of complaints like retail, like hospitality, like manufacturing, industries that are traditionally unionized or at least the target of unionizing efforts. In other workplaces, such as office environments, it's going to be much less likely that someone is even going to think about going 
to the National Labor Relations Board. Having said that, though, you have to think about what your risks are. And if you are going to include those confidentiality and or non-disparagement provisions, you've got to know that there is a chance that that whole agreement is going to be thrown out and you're going to have a decision named after you with the National Labor Relations Board, which is not something any of us want. So I want you to remember this is an important development. It does not apply to those, quote, supervisors, right? The leaders, the managers in your organization. And you've got to make a strategic call here about whether or not you want to include these provisions. Now, I'll tell you something. Our clients frequently will call me and say, oh, I need a template separation agreement for someone who's 40 years of age or older. Remember, there are different rules for people who are under 40 and people who are 40 years of age or older. There are different rules if people are part of a group layoff as opposed to, for example, an individual termination. And I've been saying for a long time, we can't give you a template because there are so many different rules here. We have to know what the specific situations are so we can help you deal with what provisions to include and how to set up your agreement. That is even more true now that we've got this development from the board. Because with this McLaren decision, we are in a situation where you've got to make some really important strategy calls and you've got to think about how much risk you're willing to take. You want to make sure you contact your lawyer before you offer a severance package or a separation agreement or you draft a confidentiality agreement for your employees to make sure that you're not running afoul of the National Labor Relations Act. And remember, that applies even if you're not a union employer. That is so important. A lot of employers and human resources professionals and employment lawyers forget about that. Right, so just because you're not unionized doesn't mean you don't have to worry about the National Labor Relations Act. I think that was a double negative, but you get where I'm going. Every employer needs to worry about the act, not just if you have unions. So again, unions have played a very important role in our society and the development of workplace culture. I think they are in many ways less relevant today because we've got all these enforcement agencies and we've got plaintiff's lawyers and we've got all these rules out there. But remember, whether or not you agree with union activity, your employees have a right to engage in it. So every policy you are implementing in your workplace, you wanna think about, could this run afoul of the National Labor Relations Act? Could I be infringing on my employee's right to engage in protected activity? So this is a pretty legalistic podcast here this morning, but I wanna make sure that you're aware of this development. We've also blogged on it so you can look at our blog. Just remember, you've gotta be careful out there, everybody. You've gotta think about how these policies and procedures that you may be implementing could affect your legal rights and responsibilities. So it's not the type of thing where you want to just download a policy and say, oh, well, somebody used that in 2020. It's good enough. We just got a new decision in 2023 that changes the landscape pretty significantly, at least with respect to the National Labor Relations Act and those confidentiality and non-disparagement provisions. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, everyone. Have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. 
course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 